Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Red X podcast. My name is Haley Johnson, and I am so happy that we're here, that you're here. We're here. We're all here. Um, We have a wonderful guest with us today. We have Terry Murphy. Welcome, Terry. Hey, thanks for uh, asking me to be here, Miss Haley. Yes, we're, we're so excited. We are talking about some proven FISBO tips, tactics, strategies, things like that today. Uh, so I'm excited to get into it. But before we, we get more into that, I just want to tell our audience, the people that are watching live right now, we want this to be a participatory event. So if you have questions for Terry throughout this podcast, feel free to chat them in wherever you're at and we'll get those answered today. Um, what's the perk of doing this live and having a live audience so that you can participate. So we'd love for you to do that. Um, Also, as always, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to the podcast on our website, theredx.com forward slash podcast, and you can get alerts for every single time that we have a new episode. So now that that's out of the way, Terry, welcome. Why don't we just give a little bit, or you give the audience a little bit of a brief introduction into who you are. Well, let's see. Um, I've been in real estate since uh, forever, and um, uh, and I and I think that it's one of the most important things we have in our lives is our you know where we live and what we know about where we live. Um, I've been uh, licensed since uh, really early, so I'm not going to go into that date. But um, one of the things that the real estate industry has really done for me is given me an opportunity uh, to really grow in a way that was never expected. I mean, an author, a speaker, uh, writing, continuing education, podcast networks. I mean, all the kinds of things that um, when you really are so passionate about an industry or a service, I'd rather call it a service than an industry, mm. then um, then you just can't get enough. And so that's where we are. Wow, that's awesome. So you started as an agent. What, what got you into real estate in the first place? I worked for a builder. Um, I worked for a builder as a secretary. That's how far back that goes. And he said, we're going to make you a closing officer. A what? A closing officer. I mean, first of all, I didn't know if that required some legal thing um, because Italians never move and I'm hundred percent Italian. So I'm thinking, Oh, what does that mean? And so there I was at my first new construction closing Mm -hmm. with the vice president of the company sitting next to me. And I got to tell you, uh, there was n- no amount of drugs or alcohol that could have helped me. I was so nervous. But I mean, I, I literally got thrown into real estate management, commercial, you know, retail management, and and then new construction. So, and he literally built all over the country and was acquired later by D.F. Horton. So it was a big wow. step. And he said, well, you have to get a license. Mm. Okay, well, that meant I had to drive a car you know, because walking people from house to house made him cranky. I mean, I had to do so many things that were outside of my comfort zone. And that's why I'm grateful, really, to the industry, because it it pushed me beyond my my own vision of myself. Wow. Yeah. Baptism by fire. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> like, 
like forest fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, why don't we get started a little bit into talking about FISBOs because we've had a lot of excitement around FISBOs. There are so many FISBOs right now because a lot of people are thinking they can sell their houses and they can, right? Because the market is pretty hot. Yes, and they, they can. can. And you know what? We can send you a, a kit to do your own root canal too. And I'll bet you can do that, but it probably won't be as successful unless you had a professional do it. So I must say, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can do a lot of things yourself. Right. Um, but one of the gifts of the real estate industry when you have a really strong uh, expert professional is that they know all of the pitfalls, all the things that can happen. And so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of for sale by owners because there's so many more uh, portals uh, yeah. to help people uh, try to do it themselves. And, you know, sometimes it works and a lot of times it doesn't. <laughs> well, so my first question is like, why should, why should agents be prospecting to FISBOs right now? I mean, it, while they're hot, yes. Um, is it like, what's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like why agents should be doing that. These people are screaming for help. They put up a mm. sign. They have, they are, they literally put up a sign that said here, take advantage of me. Okay. Now, if they're an attorney or they're a former realtor or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm excluding the people that actually know what they're doing. Right. But um, when you, when you think about it, the, uh, the biggest mistake is that, that they don't know what they don't know. And you do. Mm. And I think that agents in general uh, don't understand that a for sale by owner it's not about a transactional. I, I mean, it's, that's a one and done. I want, and they know that. They know when you call them that that's what you're looking for. But what if you switched from marketing to, to a care call? What if you provided enough value that created the doubt that they may not know what they, all they need to know? What if, you, what if you provided so much value and insight to help them actually sell the house? which sounds counterproductive if you're looking for a listing, but there's so much more data around that sale that mm -hmm. would empower an agent to get more business if they only approached it in such a way that provided value instead of what they thought they were going to get. Right. Well, one of my questions was like, what are some of the biggest mistakes that agents do going into prospecting FISBOs? It sounds like one of them is to be too salesy, right? So talk to me about that. Like, oh, come on. You know, they're going in with commission breath. Right. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? I want to list your house. I mean, basically mm -hmm. they're, that's it. And, and that, the, let's start with the mistakes. The first mistake is they think that everybody is uh, attacking the for sale by owner. And even mm -hmm. if they were, wouldn't they be all saying the same thing? How are you doing? Right. I can help you. We've got buyers. I mean, all of this information, but none of it validated, none of it authenticated. Uh, the other thing is that they, uh, they all say the same scripts. And mostly they do it because somebody's making them do it. Right. Because they're not really going in with a value proposition. The, the other mistake that they make is that it takes time unless they have a product or service like Red like the Red X. But it's a, basically, it's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You have to have a plan. You have to have consistency. You have to have steps. You have to have execution. You have to have the strategy. No, I just want to make a few um, cold calls and get it over with. Right. Not, not the right thing. The other thing that they have to do is work. Mm -hmm. uh, 
if you don't come prepared to to knock that uh, FISBO off their chair with the kind of information that you know because you are the hyper local expert. You know you know things that will never be articulated articulated easily on the internet, like the traffic flow when the high school lets out. You know that being downwind from a chicken farm could create a totally different experience at your next barbecue. I mean things like that. So and then they have no actual consistent plan of action. So instead of it being a one and done, I'm going to prospect uh, for sale by owners. What's your plan? Now you, I can hear them saying, well, you know our, our properties are lasting three or four hours on the market. Well, that's not going to be forever, number one. And number two, how? what about uh, what's around that? So they don't know that there's a value, Haley, around that transaction that will make them more money than getting the listing and, and are bringing in a buyer. Hmm. Talk to me about that. Bring what value? Well, so here's an example. Um, you're a for sale by owner and you've been on the market one day and you're impressed because you've had 20 people walk through your house, none of which that you knew were qualified, uh, none of which you knew what they really thought about the property or if it fit their needs. Uh, so there's been no feedback. There's been uh, no uh, confidence that they are, could actually buy the house. And if they did make an offer, um, you know, was it an investor who wanted to you know, kind of lowball it? Was it a client who really wanted the house, but you know, didn't know what questions to ask. I mean, as an example, we talked about the difference between buying a property in Utah and buying one in Dallas. I mean, you've mm -hmm. got totally different parameters uh, for the, you know, the integrity of that property. I mean, right. heating systems versus, you know, air conditioning, that kind of thing. So, so what kind of, uh, what's in it for the agent is mm -hmm. all the buyers that have gone through. So Mr. For Sale By Owner, I'm not here to market. I mean, I'm not here to try and get your listing, although I do have 14 buyers in what we call a B level transaction, which means they're not ready to buy for another 60 or 90 days. What's your timeline? What's your ideal timeline? Oh, we're, we really don't, we can't move, you know, for X days. If, if I did have somebody that would fit that, would you have an interest? But in the meantime, how many buyers have walked through your property? How many prospects? Um, were they with agents? Uh, is there a way for me to follow up and get the feedback? Um, because those people are all prospects if they're not uh, signed up with a broker, you know, a buyer agreement. Um, how many how many showings have you had? That'll tell me about your pricing. That will tell me about your accessibility. What's your motivation? There's so much more to then want to list. <laughs> no, that's true. So, and you're, you're talking about having this plan and strategy in place um, because a big mistake that agents make is they have no plan and they're not consistent, right? So what is that, when you talk about a plan, what does that consist of? Well, all right, so let's let's set up a scenario. That's a really good question. So when you go in with a care call yeah. in, in advance, uh, the question is, you know, what's your, what's your timeline? Um, what's your reason for selling? I mean, if it's uh, right now, we know that there's a, distinct possibility that there will be a ton of foreclosures coming up. Right. Uh, people have lost their jobs. Uh, people are behind whatever forbearance versus foreclosure. Uh, but you want to know that, um, that the agent shifts the conversation on the needs analysis. And, but you got to set up for that. So as an example, um, one of the ways to get through is to have a package delivered 
that is not a whole bunch of stuff about how good you are and how many properties you've sold and what an amazing cook you are and all those kinds of things. It should really be relegated to uh, what I would say consumer centric. Okay. Uh, asking the client a, a number of inf things that would be important to me as a professional. Right. Even if I did consider wanting to bring my buyer through, had, did you have a pre-inspection? Uh, have you had any reason? Uh, so you and I both know a roof looks like a roof unless there's obvious holes on it. But what if that roof was just replaced six months ago? Good to know. What about the HVAC system? You want to spend a whole lot of money on something you can't wear? Buy an HVAC system. So, you know, you want to ask questions that say to them, you're different from. And with that information, then you can put together a, a package that, uh, that would get there before you that lets them know that you are a different type of interest. And the interest is, I want to help you help me. So the package might contain information about uh, the statistics on for sale by owners versus uh, properties sold with a professional, uh, days on the market, the number of fall throughs, uh, the things they need to be aware of. Now, obviously, you don't want to dump everything on them at, at the beginning, but you might want to include some things they may need, like a sign-in sheet. Wouldn't that be nice? They mm. probably don't even know about a sign-in sheet. They don't know about open houses. Do they know that by the way, all the patio doors and windows should be locked after that open house because there are those people that may want to come back and not for not for a second look, you know, that kind of thing. Um, there might be in there some neighborhood statistics about properties that are slightly above and slightly below. Are they trading up? Are they moving out of the area? Are they trading down? Are they looking for a forever home? Mm -hmm. This is the kind of information that makes them double think about things. And one of the checklists that you might have as an agent talks about um, the advantages of professional pictures uh, versus the ones they just took with their swell um, you know, flip phone. Uh, or what about contingency offers? Not all of them are inappropriate, right? I mean, they don't, we do this every day. We know that, and every day it's, it's some new twist, right? But right. they don't. And if they start wondering um, about, you know, are they on the right track? This may help them. Or it may not, but even then, you'd get delivered. One of our superstar uh, coaches, Ron Howard, has a red box delivered. And in the red box are some of the documentation things they're going to need. Definitely the showing sheets, some do's and don'ts, but not so much information that he's, you know, giving away the store. Because right. you want some value as you continue to grow the relationship. That initial contact, Haley, should be to establish trust and differentiation. Hmm. Because they're, I mean, if they, if they wanted an agent, they would have gotten one, right? So they already have a, you know, you already have a defensiveness there. But what if I'm really, you don't care about the buyers that didn't buy your house. I do. I can help them find a property because I'm the neighborhood professional. I'm the mm -hmm. expert in this area. I'm hyper locally an expert. And that means if I ask you, Haley, as an agent, how many properties have sold in the last five months? And what, what about... 12 months ago, what did they sell for? What's the appreciation been on that property? If you wait to buy, and I've got six buyers that didn't buy your house, and they're going up 17.3% in this particular zip code since the beginning of the year, 10% year month over month, you're going to price yourself out of the market. Is that something you want to do? Different conversation than want a list, I got a buyer. So that package, that initial package is the, is the intro. So then when I call, you have an idea of who I am. Right.
Well, and with Fizbo's, you think about it like, I mean, they're a lot of people say that they're just they're arrogant. They know they feel like they know everything. They can go and sell it. Um, and so when you call them just saying like, oh, no, I can list it. They're like, well, yeah, so can I like especially with market. Right. So saying these things of um, bringing value and, and what you do know about because you are the professional, then they actually start to get a taste of like, oh, maybe I do need to hire somebody. Yes. Uh, like I said, there's so many um, ways to help them. So if you have the plan, because you asked me what the steps were. So the yeah. first one is you get something delivered. And mm -hmm. if you can't deliver it in person, then uh, because of your marketplace, we've got, you know, clients that are 60 minutes away from, a, from in, in their listing area, then you might want to get it delivered. But you want it to be a, an aha moment. Oh, and I don't mean, a, and I'm not going to judge, but not a silly thing. Like, you know, we can find a needle in a haystack buyer, but I'm talking about something that screams. And again, it depends on your brand. I'm a serious professional. Here's some tools that you honestly might need. I'm going to call you to get some information. So I know if there's anybody I know that's a fit for your property. More importantly, I'd like to be able to get the people that didn't buy your property. Now, another opportunity that opens up is this this checklist of things you can do. So let's just assume, Haley, that it's a residential area and there's you know, houses in a development. Well, the 10 houses on either side, and the 20 across the street, according to NAR, the highest probability of knowing of a buyer or knowing somebody who else is gonna sell. And we call it the 10, 10, 20 circle prospecting. So I would ask that seller, are you really, you know, if you, oh, I've gotta get out of here in the next you know, month. Great, can I help you find a buyer? What? No, really, seriously, can I help you find a buyer? Because I'm going to market to the 40 people around this house. Guess what your neighbors just did? They're putting their house up for sale. They made the great decision to live here in this green tree subdivision, just like you. Help us find you a new neighbor. That's a totally different thing than guess what? And then if when they do find a buyer, guess what happened? Your neighbors found a brand new neighbor. And when it closes, meet your new neighbor. You are well-branded hyper-locally to that area, but every day or at, on a specific rotation, you check with them. Now, when it's a really fast market, I get that. But let's just say it kind of, it, it's already indications that it's slowing down. You know, what if you um, talked about verification of funds? What if you talked about um, home inspections and what repairs have been commonly done or just mm -hmm. given a credit for? I mean, they don't do this every day. And if you really have the heart of a servant, you're going to try and help them make it seamless and effortless because that alone, that branding alone, if you stay connected and nurture that relationship once you've opened the door, is unlimited on, on the kinds of uh, referrals you can get. We, we had a question come in on YouTube from Larry. He said, aren't you beginning to give away the story by talking about professional photos? Um, you know, that's a good question, Larry. I would just ask them if they were professional or not. Mm -hmm. And they won't know. They they just think everybody takes really great pictures. And when you when you work with a, a professional photographer, um, we know there's a difference. And so that's just I, I liked it. I think that's a, a good clarification, Larry. Um, who took the photos for your property? Oh, we did. Oh, um, are you familiar with professional photography? Yeah, but these are good enough. Okay. Well, that's interesting because we know the statistically that properties will sell 42.7% higher when they're professionally shot just because they show more of the intensity. Was the property staged? 
oh yeah, oh, we, we cleaned it up a little bit. No, no, was it actually professionally staged? So when you ask those questions, remember, if, if they haven't moved for five years, they don't even know. And by the way, we find a lot of for sale by owners are actually um, not priced that well because they, they don't keep their finger on the monitor of what's going on. Right. Hmm. So when you call up a for sale by owner, how do you know, like, or, uh, like what's your, what's your initial question? What is something that, and then do you go from there as to what information you give them? Well, it depends on the for sale by owner in the yeah. area and the market pulse of that market. And one of the best questions uh, is that the data around that sale, I'm like, yes, I'm a real estate professional. I'm actually calling to get some information about um, what's going on with your property. Cause I have other properties in that same price pocket. And mm -hmm. since you're independent, you have no way of reporting that. So I thought I would ask you, um, you know, how many buyers have you had through? Well, why do you want to know that? Well, because those buyers are valuable to me. If they don't want your house, there might be another property that they want. And um, I don't know who's helping them. And as a real estate professional, that's my job. Um, if How many showings have you had? Because I'm sure you're pretty tired of picking up your socks. Uh, well, we know the average is X amount of showings uh, versus uh, getting an offer. And I just wondered how fatigued the property is. How long has it been on the market? Um, what, what's the access to get there? I, are you cooperating with agents that may have a buyer that's a fit for your property? Uh, do you know how it stacks up with the comparative properties on the market? If you're slightly above or slightly below. When you start asking questions that they have to answer, right. you're going to a different response. And then you should go from there. And then and it, I, I personally, um, and this is personal. I mean, you, everybody has their own style. I don't feel like you ever have to convince or manipulate somebody to uh, ask for your help. Um, there is a point where you can't be an advisor uh, because that puts you in an awkward position. But, you know, if there is an opportunity for us to market the property, we're here for you. If not, the data around your properties and, and what you know that won't get shared is going to be more important to the community as we figure out you know, a number of things. We know that there are some initiatives coming down the uh, pike, Haley, that have to do with walkability, with um, um, zoning. And it's interesting to find out where that seller might be going. Are they going to their forever home in Florida or Arizona, or are they trading up or trading down? And when we know that, then that gives us information for uh, municipalities, for uh, builders, for other builders that have come to us and talk to us about statistical information. I mean, clearly we, we are the boots on the ground. And when we under, understand what a power that is, we will have and be able to create more value. Hmm. Yeah, I think especially when calling for sale by owners, if you don't know what you bring, you, the value you bring as an agent, there's no way you're going to communicate that to your uh, to the for sale by owner, right? Yeah, I think the more important aspect to this, though, is the time. Uh, I think that um, I just recently went through, um, you know, the process uh, with uh, with one of your people, and I was very impressed with the clarity. Uh, of, of the information, the whole idea of not having to go 700 places to find a phone number and to have it automatically pop up and to, to know uh, uh, information about, you know, what else is around that area. I mean, the demographically, I think all of that helps a lot with your script. Mm. Um, it takes a lot of time. 
one of, I think a lot of agents don't understand. Of course, it depends on the area because if it's too small and there's not enough, but for sale by owners and expireds can be a tremendous pillar of income. Yeah. You know, most agents don't realize that they've got, if they are, unless they're brand new, they've got past clients and customers, they've got their sphere of influence. And then they have other pillars for where that money should come in, that income should come in to give them a steady stream of income. Mm-hmm. Because when you're not doing a hit or miss, or I think I'll call five by owners today, um, you really don't have a process in place that sustains the continual uh, servicing of that client or customer or prospect. Mm-hmm. And so it's just going to be a whole lot of work. And you say, oh, it didn't pay off. Well, what was your plan? How much value were you able to give them or get so that you can do a better job for this family? Hmm. Because if, if that if that for sale by owner is a great fit for this family, I got to help them with that. Right. Hmm. Interesting because we have people that like, um, they'll buy our product, they'll buy expireds or for sale by owners, expecting to have another, like you said, pillar of income. And they try it for like a week. And yeah. they're like, yeah. okay, yeah, this doesn't work for me. I'm not getting anything. This is, I, and then cancel, right? Yeah, exactly. And and so here's my thing. Um, every area has its own um, rhythm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's some areas that just demographically, it just works. Now, there have been times in our in our industry where people were upside down and they that brokerage was a, a, a barrier. But there are ways to work around that. Now that we know that the data around a transaction is more valuable than the actual transaction, wouldn't that be useful? You help somebody get a property, especially I was in an area of high uh, uh, company relocations. Uh, these people had to buy a house. It wasn't like, oh, let's just buy a you know house with a bigger family. They had to buy. Right. They did. No one was advising them of their purchase power. Just because you can afford two hundred and fifty thousand or three hundred doesn't mean you should spend that. If you have other issues, uh, you know what about what's your especially military as an example. I mean, you don't know how long they're going to be there. So with especially after this high. Uh, acceleration of property value. If you have to sell in a year, that might be an issue if the market levels off. Hmm. Uh, what about all that equity? You know, the for sale bounder that's selling, you've got a ton of equity there. Are you reinvesting it in a principal residence? Did you consider income property? Because rentals have gone up since 19, you know, the 1980s, it's gone up like for 40 years straight, it's gone straight up. Mm-hmm. So a small, a, manageable income property might be something to consider for your children, your grandchildren, your, your nieces, your nephews at college, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many ways to advise that, that prospect in ways they had not been familiar. Mm-hmm. And you could create a kind of a survey with that. And one of the things I like to talk about is, uh, you know, do, do they have a lender? Are they going to need a, a, you know, a mortgage on their next property? Do they know what their options are? Uh, what about strategic partners? Okay, well, the pool's not perfect. It needs a little work over here. Well, do you have someone that you enjoy that you have a good relationship with that you trust? No. Well, we do this all the time. May I rec- you know, recommend this pool company? Trust. What do I get from the pool guy? Uh, I don't have a pool, so he can't give me a free cleaning, but it's that reciprocity of leveraging resources from a trusted advisor 
And realtors sell more than properties. They sell mm -hmm. safety. I like that. Well, try to find a plumber. I mean, yes, you can go through the Angie's thing, or but if, if you know that John Smith and his son have been in business for 30 years, they've done a tremendous job for you. That is an endorsement that creates so much trust and comfort to somebody who's brand new, who's just moved to Utah from Louisiana. They don't know anyone. How can you be of value beyond the transaction? Whether it's a for sale by owner, whether it's an expired who obviously didn't normally, I'll say this, not obviously, didn't get great uh, communication or direction or uh, to make an informed decision with, with their last professional. There's just ways for you to create value. When you're creative about it, when you really truly have the what I call the heart of a servant and you want to help them, you don't have to worry about the commission piece. It's going to come. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that because I've, I've been licensed for a really long time. I just got a phone call from a client that I had a high profile client actually uh, that I'd helped 30 years ago. They live in Texas. I don't, uh, I don't have a license in Texas. And, but they felt comfortable enough to find me, to ask me for help. That's what we call advocates. And when you wow. start looking to people who know, like, and trust you, and you know, if, even if you have to, you know, find out if there's a way that you know somebody that knows somebody. Hmm. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, I think I think that that's a another mistake that that agents make is they're just there for the deal and then to move on. They just go, especially people that buy Red X because we give the leads right, and they're like, okay, I want business fast. I need to find the most motivated people, um, and don't think about all of the other value that they can bring. That creates that that relationship, that lead will turn into so many other potential opportunities. Oh, it, it's amazing. And, and you bring up something that's really interesting. The one and done is a, is a typical uh, transactional person. Yeah. Um, I built a real estate. Uh, I've built my real estate career on long-term uh, mortgages are housing is more long-term than a mortgage because people need money every day for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But when you're creating that kind of a bond, when, when you are something as, as primary as where they raise their family, not knowing the kinds of things they should have asked because they had a time crunch or a money crunch or an opportunity crunch, you need to be their hero. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a serious thing to, to, invest in a property, especially if they're coming in from another area. So your ability to heighten the experience, uh, again, by showing up with something no one else does, and it doesn't have to be silly, but I mean, a red box will get your attention. And by the way, that was long before red X. So uh, <laughs> uh, having a sign in sheets, uh, letting them know that there's, uh, you know, there's, especially if it's a vacant property, what options there are out there. The fact that they're leads from Red X, um, we, you know, people pay for leads mm -hmm. and there's only X amount of, there's like X amount of leads, but then only X amount of sales. So before you start blaming the lead generator, why don't you get real good at what you do? Mm -hmm. Why don't you figure out ways that serve your community in a way that no one else does and then make that judgment? You know, there's always, there's always a mix. 
Is it, the, is it your delivery? Is it your consistency? Is it your ability to connect with different personality styles, behavioral styles? Um, what are you, how are you supplying that information? Or are you just calling sort of like a, being a pain to find out if it's sold or not so that you can list it? I mean, there's mm -hmm. a reason for that. So I, again, that might sound, sound really airy fairy, but um, the documentations, the net sheet, uh, the kinds of things that are common. Some areas, they pay for a lot of uh, repairs. Other places, they just give a credit. Mm. What's common in your area? They don't know. So if you really want to get paid, get really good at what you know and help other people learn about that. I like that. I also like that you say just to stay consistent because I think there's a lot of shiny things in real estate uh, that you can go after. <laughs> and Every day. Every day there's a, a new, and I will guarantee you, no disrespect to anybody on this call because you're sharp, that there's somewhere in your office, there's some Johnny Whizbang still in the cellophane that somebody bought three years ago that's going to change their life. And guess what? Just like a treadmill, you know, if you don't get on that thing every day, it's just going to dry your lingerie and you're not going to have any uh, change. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've got to work the tool because the tool works for you. Yeah. And something that's common um, in marketing is to use terms of like, yeah, get all of these listings without cold calling. Do it the easy way. Skip all of the hard stuff. Right. And get to get to the good of what you want in real estate. And I always am like. You, it's pretty easy to tell what kind of marketing that is and what kind of product they're selling if they're if they're saying those things because nothing in real estate, nothing great in real estate is going to come from the cheap route, right? The like skipping all of the stuff that you have to do consistently and working hard at um, in order to get where you want to go. Well, let's let's talk about that consistency thing for a minute. Yeah, um, I will guarantee. Let me rephrase that. I will make an assumption that um, that of the agents that I speak to, which is a lot of them, because I have a lot of clients as a master coach, uh, entrepreneurs in general, I was part of the team that wrote the one minute entrepreneur with Ken Blanchard, that uh, entrepreneurs don't work, they work real hard uh, in the business, just not on the business. Mm -hmm. And part of your strategic plan, whether it's a six month, three or five, is that you have broken down the process so that it's consistently embedded into your schedule which requires daily success habits. So let's just say you have four pillars. Yeah. One pillar is your sphere of influence. The other pillar is your top 50 or MVPs. And you're not, again, asking for referrals. You are being of service and creating community. Third one might be for sale balloners and expireds. What day do you do that? Well, if you know that just like Taco Tuesday, that you know, you've got you know, Friday's your day or Monday's your day, then it doesn't get lost in the whirlwind of the, mm -hmm. what I call the shock collar business, because it is so that you are consistent. You're consistent following up with that client, asking them questions, seeing if there's anything they need, talking about the impact of maybe a, an appraisal that might not work. And if they, are they aware of that? Because that's been a big issue lately or um, their curb appeal, their staging. They, I mean, if you, if they live with a whole lot of, um, let's just say, Free animals, they don't know that somebody who's allergic to that, that has nothing to do with the actual real estate, but they can't even think about it. So again, you take them out of what they know into what an area that they need to know, and you set up a great opening way to help people. Right. And I you get it. helped, and you get helped by the way as well.
And how much more fulfilling, right? To to bring value and help others instead of focusing just on the transactions all the time. I can't. Imagine. I, I get that. I'm, I am not. Uh, I, I get that. I mean, yeah. everybody's got to feed their families, and you know, your time is your only money. The problem is that with most agents, they don't have dollar productive time. Hmm. I've got to. I mean, I I don't use red eggs. I don't get a, a cheese ball or a trip to Jamaica from y'all. But I, what I'm saying is, is that when somebody does the heavy lifting, which saves you the time where you're not, where you've got the names, you've got the numbers, you've got the process in place, the red box goes out, the, you know, the follow-up goes in, the, the questionnaire comes back. I mean, it's, you know, you're developing the systematized, as we say at Workman, anything you do more than once should have a system mm -hmm. so that you can tweak it and perfect it to, to such a way that it shows great results. And again, you know, there's an outside chance that most people don't sell their home, you know, in, a, in an area in the middle of nowhere, where in a metro area or even a given zip code, it happens a lot. Well, thank you for putting that together. <laughs> thank you for saving me that time. Oh, and you got the phone numbers. OMG, that makes it pretty good. All I need now is the phone. Yeah. And a process. And guess what? What if you only got two extra transactions only 10 months of the year. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not really good at math. Uh, but, you know, that's 20 transactions. The average agent doesn't do that many. 20 transactions. Hello. Hmm. Even I know that's good. Well, and I like this because even if you're not so, you ha don't have commission breath or you're so focused on the transactions, you're focused on bringing value. Like you said earlier, like it will come. The commissions will come. Like the listings will come. So it's not just about you know, focusing on, okay, where's my next listing coming from? It's putting a process in place where you never actually have to worry about that because you're focused on the right thing. You're systematized. And here's something right. that we didn't mention, and that's an intangible, especially if you're watching this or hearing this and you're new. You start working a buy owner. You get to meet, meet people. You get to see neighborhoods. There's circle prospecting available no matter who has a listing as long as you don't violate any compliance. You can bring in a lender partner and partner up. I wrote a whole program on that called Golden Partnerships with the lender. When the interest rates were so stupid, nobody really knew what they could afford and they were fluctuating. Uh, you get to um, check out neighborhoods, even if you just walk through the property. And, and you said, look, this is transparent. I'm a realtor. I'm new. I'm trying to get a, a real good picture on you know, age and use and blah, 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 in a, in a given neighborhood, would it be okay with you? Um, I'm just looking for the buyers. Uh, you know why? I want their feedback. What if they, what if I've got a property that better suits them than yours? Or what if I've got a buyer that's perfect for yours? Isn't that a, make sense? Right. I mean, so I think you're right. It's not just about, yeah, we get paid right now on commission mm -hmm. and everybody has to make some money. But at the end of the day, what you learn from the experience, from learning, from talking to strangers. I just interviewed a kid who's 22 years old that knocks a hundred doors a day. Uh, he'd be incredible in real estate because he understands that some people need it, some people don't. Mm. But if I can bring you value, but the thing that we have in real estate is the ability to be consistently connected through relationships with people who have relationships. And if you, you know, pick up a lead that works for you and you convert it, you just made a new BFF. Mm. How good is that? I love that. You do a transaction and then they're they're, they're used forever. And you know what else? I I pick up everybody. So if 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 I had a transaction with you and I knew 
that you probably wouldn't follow up, I'd adopt them. Mm-hmm. They're mine until they're not. Right. I like that. Well, Terry, we're, we're getting to the end here, but I do have a couple questions uh, from a survey we sent out. Um, so Russ asked, what are some of the best follow-up strategies for for sale by owners? Um, in, in general, I mean, it's it, it's kind of tough for us to answer that question because we don't know how fast the market is. I mean, if it's, if mm. it's on the market four hours, not a whole lot, but still would be interesting how many buyers walked through, how many people didn't make an offer, how many people did, um, what was the average showing time, did you use professional pictures, all of that's going to give you data. Right. But you don't want to like, you know, at one time, so you might stretch it over a day or so. Uh, and just tell them from time to time would be okay if I checked in to find out some of the new statistics that'll help other people that are in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to be so uh, ambiguous with that, but as the market starts to, can I say normalize or standardize? Yeah. Well, so it's not happening while you inhale. Um, the consistency should be at least, you, you, it's, I would let the seller uh, set that up. I mean, is it okay with you if I check in at the beginning of the end of the week? Uh, would it be okay with you? Or are you running any open houses? Maybe we can include that in our caravan. Uh, would it be okay with you if we it, let our sphere of influence know that you're for sale? F- you know, get your cue from your client or your customer. Well, not your prospect, better word. Right. And find out if it's once, twice, three times a week. Um, if they do get an offer, offer to let them know about you know the, the offer and uh, make a recommendation about issues that might have uh, need an attorney or an appraisal or an inspector or whatever. Perfect. Make yourself valuable. Yeah, that's a trend. Make yourself valuable. Um, another question, our last question, then we'll wrap up. Martel asked, should we offer to help a for sale by owner market their property for free? If so, what kind of marketing would work and for how long? Martel, you have to ask the hard question at the end, don't you? Um, <laughs> you help them market it? Well, they already I mean, that's what we do as marketing uh, professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the exchange of if I have a buyer that's appropriate or we know of one for this area, would you be willing to uh, compensate that agent? Yes or no? Um, yes, I can certainly uh, market it through my open house. Uh, if that's, if, again, with COVID, I don't know if we're, certain areas are still locked down on that. Um, do you have um, any uh plan for your social media marketing, Mr. Seller. Mm. Oh, well, we do. If that's the case and you get a buyer that comes through that, are you? Uh, would you be comfortable with compensating us for that marketing opportunity? Because right. here's the thing that we have that they don't. We already have a pool of buyers. We already have a pool of prospects. We have a past client database. We have a top 50 database. Uh, if you don't, you can you know, work with what's happened in the office for a band, people who have left the business. There's a band, what I call orphaned files. Those people have past clients. Find out what you can do to help them. Find out if you're a broker, especially like you said, if that's appropriate uh, and then go for it. You know, nobody says, don't help me. (laughs) Right. Go help me. (laughs) And if you can help them, what's in it for you? All the buyers that didn't buy, all Mm -hmm. the traffic that wasn't converted. What can you do to help them help you help them? Right. I love that. That's perfect. Well, Terry, thank you so much for, for spending a, a 45 minutes here with us. If I can just give you the last word, if you have any other final thoughts or where people can reach you and things like that, uh, we can wrap up. Well, I am a master coach at Workman Success. Um, 
what I like about that is that it is not, um, it, we're going to kick you in the butt every week. Okay. Uh, it's more about systems that help you me measure and monitor what you do and how you do it because dollar productive activity is all you have. No matter who you are, Steve Jobs, whatever, you only have 24 hours a day and you should have a life. And the life says, what are my big rocks? My big rocks are my family, my faith, um, taking care of myself, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then what are your pillars of income? And if you don't have four, if one breaks down, right? If you're a coffee mm -hmm. shop and COVID hits, you're out of business. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your alternates? What are you working on consistently? And if it's farming, it's consistency, it's accuracy, it's expertise. If it's for sale by owners, it's accuracy, it's consistency, it's expertise. If you're working with your sphere of influence, what kind of value do, can you bring to their business? If you're working with your most valuable players, your top 50, to get them more business and looking only for one referral a year. At the end of the day, you need to be such a resource that people want to hug you all the time, COVID or not. I love that. So be your best you. Be your very best you. And I got to tell you, it's eternal vigilance. I've been in the business since a long time. And I will tell you that today, even today, people continue to reach out for for that expertise. And as you develop yourself, you're the one that wins, mm. whether or not you lose a transaction or not. But it's how people perceive how you treat them. And when you're an expert and you're empathetic, uh, not sympathetic, but when you're empathetic and you know mm. about resources, share them because everybody wins. Mm. I love it. Just be a human being, right? The best human being, yes. a loving human being, a safe <laughs> human being, a non-judgmental human being. Mm. Oh, we have so much work to do. I love it. Thank you so much for coming and bringing value to all of our um, agents that tune in every week. Terry, thank you so much uh, for everybody that is watching that uh, tuned in live. Thank you for asking your questions. For those that haven't, uh, that are listening to this later, be sure to come at Thursdays at 1.30 Mountain Time. That's 3.30 Eastern to ask questions live so that you can get um, all of your, your information, questions answered. Um, from the experts themselves. But and if you have any questions, go to Terry at terrymurphy.com um, and you'll get plenty of info there too. So, yeah, and, and then, you know, whatever, stick with this Red X stuff. It's really good. I mean, there's <laughs> some good stuff here. You guys have upped your game. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. Because <laughs> in my time, multiple chatted, the pleasure was mine. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. And we'll see everybody next Thursday.